Welcome to the Rediscover Italy podcast, a place for you to relive, revisit, and rediscover your love of Italy. My name is Laura Thayer. And I'm Cassandra Santoro, and we're your host for this podcast that takes our shared love of Italy in all its forms and brings it to you. In this episode, we're discussing one of the topics we're both asked about quite often, transportation in Italy. Now, of course, we can't possibly cover all of the different ways you can travel around Italy, since it varies so much, from big cities to the countryside, and from the north to the south and the islands, but we're going to touch on a few transportation options and share a few of our tips to make your trip easier. We also want to note that this episode is part of our general travel tip series. So each season, we'll be sending out a survey. And for season one, when we spoke to future listeners, it was transportation that was the most requested travel tip to be discussed. So we recommend saving this podcast if you plan to travel Italy and want to know the best and stress-free way to get around. I really believe this is key to having a good trip. Um, If you agree, Laura, I think it's quite important. (laughs) And also just a general reminder that season one is going to be a little bit of everything Italian. So of course, we started out by telling you about our life, how to live in Italy, and some general travel tips like today, but we have so much more to come in this season and beyond. Um, Our goal with this podcast is to share with you the food, the wine, the art, experiences, lifestyle, traditions, and much more throughout all 20 regions of Italy. And we have lots of stories and other people joining our podcast to help out with that. So let's start today with the requested topic of transportation. And let's dive right in. (laughs) (laughs) To start off, I, I mentioned transportation in Italy is a big topic and... It depends on where you're visiting, and this goes for locals as well as travelers. In cities like Rome or Florence, you can plan on doing a lot of walking to get around or take buses, public transportation. It's all pretty easy to figure out, and especially in Florence, everything is quite reachable on foot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In Venice, you'll be crossing all those canals on foot or getting around by boat. And on the Amalfi Coast, well... The Amalfi Coast Road is one of those, it's it's a particular road. It's one of Italy's most beautiful roads, but it certainly is not the easiest to navigate. And if you've been on the Amalfi Coast during high season, you'll know that there are a lot of cars and scooters that are always just zipping around every curve and passing one another, and it can be a little bit hectic. (laughs) But for locals, um, the car and a scooter, that's the most common way to get around here. But that doesn't mean that you'll need to drive in order to enjoy the Amalfi Coast, since there are plenty of public transportation options, too. And uh, for me personally, it, it, was, uh, it was much easier to learn to ride a scooter, actually, than it was to drive a car on the Amalfi Coast. And uh, I guess a strange fact uh, for me is that in 14 years in Italy, I've never actually driven a car here, um, except for while I was in driving school. <laughs> Oh, wow. So you went right into the scooter. Yeah, yeah. It was. It just felt... Uh, I, the road is so narrow here that it actually just felt more comfortable to be on a scooter, even though you're more exposed, but <laughs> it felt more comfortable. But I did have to, to drive. I've been driving for a long time. I've been driving, I guess, about 24 years. And uh, But it wasn't until early 2020 that I finally got my driver's license, my Italian driver's license. And uh, that was a, a different sort of an experience. And it would be a podcast topic in itself, but I think we'd have to change the 
the genre of our podcast from travel to horror or something like that. <laughs> well, that's, at least not true crime. Well, that's why I um, have held off on my personal dream of having a scooter. And you'll often find me on the back of someone else's scooter um, because I do not drive in Italy, which is weird for me to admit. But Laura validated um, why I've held off all these years. I'm a big walker um, and public transportation person while in Italy, uh, even in all 20 regions, really, I've found a way uh, to to do this. But yeah, I do have this, uh, this fear of the driving test. And, um, and just driving along the Amalfi Coast where I spend most of my time. But anyway, like I said, this is to cover all the regions and general travel tips um, for exploring Italy. So I have my thoughts about driving. Laura shared some of her thoughts, but um, did you want to go into a little bit more details so people can understand um, why it's quite particular, um, easy for some people, but maybe difficult for others to get around Italy in a car, whether you're renting it or, you know, coming from a European country direct? Sure, yeah. And that's that's actually one of the reasons I, I wanted to start with my driving experience here. Uh, and because I've been asked so many times about renting cars and driving in Italy. And again, like the first thing I say is, where are you going? What part of Italy are you going to see? Exactly. Because it, it matters so much. Because if you want to, say, explore Calabria or Puglia or the countryside really anywhere in Italy, a car will make that easier for most people. But uh, because I'm asked this question quite often about the Amalfi Coast, I wanted to share that my general recommendation for here is is don't rent a car you just don't need it (laughs) (laughs) i don't mean to laugh but that's exactly what i say what i can yeah no but for most travelers it's just not worth the stress of driving because as i mentioned the road is hectic and the driving seems quite crazy for the uninitiated especially if your first time in italy and then of course there's the challenge of parking and the expensive parking as well both things to consider so Something, if you're just coming, especially for a short time, it's not needed. However, if you are traveling through Italy by car and you're coming to the Amalfi Coast, um, I would highly recommend that you check with your hotel or your accommodation about parking before you arrive to see if you can make an arrangement. And then basically plan on parking the car and exploring by, by public transportation for the most part during your time on the Amalfi Coast. Because... Um, you can really choose to get around by ferry and bus. It's just much easier. And uh, the other thing is, I wanted to say is that if you do find that sort of, uh, if you have a desire to drive the famous Amalfi Coast Road, you can, it's actually not that hard to, and it's pretty inexpensive to just rent a scooter while you're here for a day or for your trip. And that can be a bit easier to get, get around. I found it that way, at least. But but keep in mind, though, that uh, just because you have a scooter doesn't mean that parking will be a breeze. Uh, can be a bit easier, but it still can be impossible at the same time, especially in summer. <laughs> I remember this. I'm just going to say, I remember you that even this summer during the pandemic, it was tough for you to find parking yeah. uh, when there were less visitors. So that's something really interesting to keep in mind. Yeah, easier, but not easy. <laughs> And then a special word for Naples, because my my general recommendation if you're visiting Naples, which you absolutely should, is just don't drive. Uh, Like many of the cities in Italy, uh, it's not necessary. You can get around much of the center on foot or hopping on a bus or 
just just it's basically all walkable <laughs> for the most part and uh for the most part you also just don't want to drive of course i mean i've i've always i've met people who say oh it's fine you know it's fine but i'd say the majority of the people who drive in naples really don't ever want to talk about it again <laughs> it's just that kind of an experience so um I guess in the end, I'd say that renting a car, you know, can be a great way to explore Italy and give you a lot of freedom. Uh, but it's also a good idea to do a bit of research in advance about whether or not it's the best way to get around where you're visiting, if it's necessary. And also keep in mind that many, many cities have a, a limited traffic zone area called a ZTL in the historic center. And that can be a bit tricky to figure out. And you can get pretty big fines as well if you drive where you're not supposed to. I know a lot of people have had that experience uh, driving in Florence and Rome and, and Naples. So something to keep in mind. Yeah, that's an excellent point, actually, the um, ZTL zones. And, you know, I don't really need to add anything to that, but I, I do want to say that um, as a travel planner, you know, something that comes to mind as well is, especially in a place like Naples, if you hire a private driver, if you really don't want to walk or use public transport, hiring a private driver you're also going to see another side of the city that's a great point. um you yeah. know right it's like it's like having a local and and that doesn't happen in taxis you know we'll speak about taxis but um that doesn't you know getting in a taxi he's not going to drive you around to specific areas and show you around the city you're going to get to point a to b but you know with a private driver you might you know have a, a really nice local and unique experience that you wouldn't have seen on your own so um but yeah like you said i think some areas make sense to have a car in um my opinion i agree with you you don't need a car in venice you know even just renting a car um could be a waste of money you could save it for if you're venturing after um and then although you know the countryside is a different experience i love the veneto countryside uh so you may want to rent a car when it comes to that part of your trip um as well as what you said laura you know um puglia calabria and then of course the tuscan countryside abruzzo any rural areas it does make sense um any even the island of sicily it really makes sense for getting around but you still have to be comfortable driving in a foreign country because you know the signs are in italian although you know you can figure them out you have to just be comfortable with that it's not going to be like driving in the u.s or your home country but just remember if you're doing wine tours <laughs> again the travel planner me if you're doing wine tours or anything involves drinking please uh think responsibly before you get behind the wheel so that's a great point too and i was thinking uh Something to also to keep in mind if you're going for those incredible lunches and dinners out that Italy is so famous for. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's the time to try the wine and to try the, the different liqueurs and things like that. And it's just sometimes you just don't want to have to deal with it. And I, I wanted to add a quick note here as well before we, uh, we, uh, we move on uh, that uh, I mentioned the uh, Italian driver's license. But that was something that I needed to get because I, I live here in Italy. And as a resident, my American driver's license is no longer valid here. So that was that was something that you don't have to worry about. That was my, my personal my personal experience. But I wanted to say that uh, if you're visiting Italy, you don't need to worry about that for a car rental. And while I'm not familiar with um, off, the, off the top of my head for every country, but I do know that if you're planning um, to visit Italy from America, your driving license is fine as long as you're over 18 years old. But it's a good idea to get an international driving permit 
from AAA for a very small fee, and it can come in handy. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Laura. Thank you for sharing that. A really um, important uh, question that's asked often from travelers. So, Yeah, no problem. From cars, let's jump right into train travel. And Cassandra has a lot of experience here, much more than me. <laughs> so she's going to give us all a good introduction and her travel trips. Yes, so sometimes I feel like the train queen as I visited <laughs> almost every region via train, as I've noted before. Um, there really is so much to cover on train. We could be here for hours, but we're not going to do that. So I'm just going to quickly share some general information. Um, the important thing to know is, for starters, there's two main uh, train companies, Train Italia and Italo. And on both, there are typically four classes of train tickets you can buy. So Train Italia, there's standard and premium, which are the economy and basically the same. There's just a slight difference, I think, in the seat size. Then there's business class, which has bigger seats and more room for yourself and luggage. So sometimes I do that if I'm carrying, you know, uh, my bigger luggage, I will upgrade for that reason. Then there's executive, which is the first in the fancy class. So you'll be served a light meal depending on the length of your trip. Prosecco, magazines and newspapers will be given to you, little chocolates. So, you know, it's the little pampering you might need after, um, you know, a, a long travel experience. And um, for Italo, again, it's very similar. There's smart and comfort, which is economy. And again, a slight difference between those two. Then there's Prima, which is um, just a little bit bigger than both those other classes. But the, the big thing is you get a snack. <laughs> you get Fancy. A, yeah, a <laughs> snack and a drink. Um, and then Club Executive is their first, um, their first class. So, and it has the same benefits as Train Italia. So, yeah, it just depends your preference of traveling, uh, but they all go to the same place and they're all um, really comfortable. So you should be fine with that and a fun experience to be on a train. But with these trains, it's best to buy the tickets in advance online because, of course, um, you know, you want to check the cancellation policy and make sure you're 100 percent going on this um on this travel and on this trip. So, you know, just double check that and um, before purchasing. And then I do wanna say also, um, double check the location in which the train arrives. So the, it may arrive in the city that you're going to, but it doesn't always arrive right in the city center. Um, an example of this is in Siena. So it is below the city, but now they have a convenient walkway where you can get from the train station to the center. But most places that arrive outside the city center do not have that, um, and they're not as well set up as Siena. So just be sure to keep a lookout for that. Um, Assisi is another great example of this, something to keep in mind. So our advice is do the research before getting on the train. And um, oh, and fast trains are pretty much up to date with lots of great amenities, as I noted before, but local trains may not have air conditioning, <laughs> and uh, might not have, um, you know, food carts and other things. Uh, so something to keep in mind if you're not comfortable traveling without either of those or, you know, basic everyday amenities. So, Yeah, that's a great point. That's one thing I've noticed most about trains is that there's a really big difference between the, the slower trains. What are they called? Intercity, I think. Yeah, exactly. On Train Italia, there's a huge difference between that and then, for example, like a Frecciarossa, the fast train from Trenitalia, huge difference. Absolutely. It's just, uh, 
Yeah, and one thing I wanted to mention is, is you said to, to check where the train station is located. And I also wanted to add that it's a good idea to keep in mind that some cities in Italy have multiple stations. For instance, in Florence, I believe there are some stations on the outskirts of town. And in, in Naples, you when you're booking your tickets, you'll see that there's a station called Afragola. And that's not where you want to go, <laughs> as it's it's well outside the city center. So if you're going to Naples, you definitely want to go to the Napoli Centrale station. Yes, that's an excellent point um, about the train station name. So yeah, definitely do your research before. Um, but you know, the last thing I want to add, just on a side note that I'm excited about, is that Calabria is getting a fast train. Um, I don't know if you heard that, Laura. No, that's excellent news, though. Yeah, it, it, you know, they only would have these local trains for as long as I've been traveling there. So I usually go once a summer. So this is very important for me. And um, I do have this really good story. Did I ever tell you about my four-hour train ride to, from Naples or to Naples? No, but it's a, it sounds like a good story. Story time. Story time. Um, so I, as I said, I typically go to Red Joe at Calabria, which is all the way at the bottom um, once a summer, and I usually leave from Naples. It's still about a four-hour ride. Um, so when I was leaving Calabria, my friend dropped me off. We were rushing a little bit. It was in summer, so hot day. <laughs> and she said, are you sure you don't want any breakfast or anything before we get on a train? And I said... I was like, I'll be fine. You know, I'm so used to this train travel. But when I got on a train, it was so hot. Um, I was tired. I I didn't have a coffee yet. And I must have looked a little panicked because when the conductor came to ask for my ticket, he actually asked me what was wrong with me. I, I, must, I don't know what my face looked like, but um, <laughs> I explained I didn't have time for a coffee or to buy water. So he checked my ticket and walked away casually. And I didn't think he was even listening. Um, but... After the next stop, he came back with a to-go espresso, uh, water, and cookies. No. So he, so he literally yeah. got off the last, the next station, bought this for me. Must have held up the train and came back and um and and made sure that's Southern that's Italian true. hospitality. <laughs> yeah, I was. I said I have to share that because you know, he it's you know he was just so um so kind and he just was like you know I, I i cannot relate to what you're saying he basically said when he dropped off the cookies and never said anything the rest of the trip made it like it was no big deal so lots of stories like that so i'm a big fan of um train travel as you can see uh, but you know just to sort of wrap this up the only train station that i'm not a big fan of is bologna i'm still <laughs> kind of scared of it i know that's weird but it is a, a quite large and confusing although i can navigate around it now um it is kind of intimidating for travelers um, yeah i don't know what it is i had the exact same experience in that train station it's it was uh, my my most dramatic train experience in italy <laughs> was this mad dash through through the station to catch a train because I had actually been uh, caught in this sort of freak uh, summer hailstorm, and like it, they had delayed the bus that I was on getting there. So I mean, it's just a blur now. But that that train station was is kind of burned into my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm not glad that you had um, an experience like that, but I appreciate you resonating with my thoughts on a train station. I should say so. It's not just me. Um, so I guess that's our other tip to you. Just uh, plan ahead if you're going in Bologna or switching through Bologna. Yeah, yeah. And the second time I've been through there, I kept going down. That station, 
I just keep going down and down. I can't. You keep taking escalators down. You think there can't possibly be a train down here? How is there a train? I started on ground level. It's a very. It's 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 a it's like an MC Escher uh, train station. (laughs) But it's a it's a good reminder that with trains you do need to to be prepared for a little bit of everything and. And then that can be good things like Cassandra's story, but also a bit of a, a bit of an adventure. Um, but I would say, you know, also to be patient. And that is important for all yeah. transportation here, I think. But especially, uh, especially with buses, I feel. At least we've mentioned it in, in previous episodes, but especially with buses on the Amalfi Coast. And it, you know, it is one of the most common ways to move around here, both for locals and tourists. But there is only one road on this coastline and it does get crowded. And so as much as things often do run quite on schedule off season, there is way, way too much that's just simply outside the control of the bus drivers during the busy season. There are some traffic lights. There are, um, I hate to say it, but sometimes tourists that get stuck with their car (laughs) and block traffic (laughs) does happen. Wait, can we just did we just tell them how many times bus drivers get off the bus and move the car yep, for tourists? that happens. This, this, is, this is quite... I can't even count on one or two hands how many times I've been on a bus and seen the bus driver say, return to Subido, and then get off the bus and then move the car for the tourists. I just want to add that. Yeah, or, or you just see other drivers get out and make all of the hand gestures mm-hmm. um, to be a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left, and then they sort of squeak by... <laughs> Uh, around a curve and then everything goes back to normal (laughs) but but that's you know so if you're traveling by bus um, be patient another main thing to keep in mind is uh, Italians don't queue for buses Um, just doesn't happen at least not in any I I should say that's not probably true everywhere but in many places there isn't an orderly queue to get on the bus and uh uh, yeah, so compared to, you know, you've had a lot more experience with buses around Italy, Cassandra. So compared to the Amalfi Coast, since you're also quite familiar with it here, how how are things different in other parts of Italy? I would say they're quite, um, they're quite similar. I mean, they're going to be packed in high season in the main cities. Um, you know, one place that comes to mind through this is Florence, because as I noted before, that the trains don't always go into the city center. Most buses do. So for people that know that, um, like myself, for example, sometimes I will choose a bus over a train and um, it's it's similar, you know, it, it will get packed. Um, sometimes you have to wait for the next bus to arrive because they'll only allow a certain amount of people on. But yeah, I would say, you know, especially in any of the, uh, the main cities throughout Italy, this is common. Um, but I've also had this issue in, in Sicily, which, again, it, it's not that they don't work well because they run frequently and, uh, you know, they go from place to place and are quite useful. But you just have to be patient, like all public transportation in Italy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are a few a few technical things that if you if you know them in advance can can help with the patients and can help make the experience a little bit uh, smoother. And so I was going to share a few of those things that are definitely true for the Amalfi Coast, but uh, also for many other places in Italy as well. And that is that you often have to buy tickets before you board the bus. So don't expect 
don't just get onto a bus and automatically expect, expect that the drivers are going to be able to sell you a ticket. In some places they can, in other places like the Amalfi Coast, they won't be able to sell you a ticket. So you need to make sure that you get a ticket at the local tabaki store or some tourist information offices sell them. And uh, that's, that's one thing to keep in mind. The other is that tickets are different wherever you're at. Here, for example, on the Amalfi Coast, they're based on where you're going. So essentially, how far you're going and how long it takes to get there in general. So when you buy your ticket, you'll need to say, oh, I'm going to Positano or I'm going to Sorrento to make sure that you purchase the right ticket. And then when you get on the bus, don't forget to validate your ticket. There is usually a little machine near the driver that you'll need to, to insert your ticket into. And you want to make sure you do that because otherwise you could be fined if your ticket is checked. There are, uh, there are people who will get on the bus occasionally and go through and check tickets, a lot like on a train. So something to keep in mind. But again, like I said, it can vary. On Capri, for example, you usually can buy a ticket on the bus, but it can be faster if you already have one. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and Sorrento, you know, you you don't buy a ticket on the bus, but there is a ticket booth right outside the bus. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. A little portable ticket booth. So you can usually just buy it beforehand and and, and it's easy. But I, I agree with you, Laura. I think um, one mistake some travelers make is just trying to jump on a bus. And oftentimes they will turn you away if they don't have, you know. Yeah, I see that here so often, and that's why it's because uh, the bus will be ready to leave and someone will come on and they won't have a ticket and the bus driver, he's not, he's not not being helpful to you. They, they literally don't have tickets. <laughs> and so I see that it creates stress because then, then the people will have to, to get off the bus and then it's confusing. And I it just, you know, whenever I see people on, on the street... I always try to help them, point them in the right direction. But if I'm on the bus and the bus is leaving, I, I feel bad because it's it's a simple thing, but it can be stressful because then you have to wait for the next bus to come. And it just is something that with a little bit of uh, of planning in advance, you know, to keep in mind that that uh, depending on where you're at, you might need to, to purchase the ticket in advance and that you do want to validate your tickets. And above all, just... Be patient. <laughs> Try to have fun with it. Exactly. It's all about the patience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wherever you're at. So from buses, Cassandra, what would be your main tips for taking a taxi in Italy? So when it comes to taxis, I would say that um, while they're often available in the big cities, they can sometimes be on the pricey side. And, um, you know, sometimes... Um, not be available if it's a rainy day, for example, which sounds funny, but um, I have had this problem arriving from the train station and there being no taxis available because it was raining. Uh, so my my advice, whether you are in a big city or a small one, if possible, if you can reserve in advance, sometimes you could just, you know, Google search um, the local taxi station before arriving and then keep that number in your phone and just call them. Um, they sometimes speak English. So that's uh, that's something that seems quite silly for a taxi, especially if you're from New York City, you're used to waving them down. But it's not that kind of lifestyle in Italy. Although, again, I do want to say in some of the big cities, you can find them in the main piazzas, at the main train stations, and in the high season, they're pretty well set up for you. Um, but, you know, I, I 
I like to reserve in advance. And, and this goes for being in the countryside. So the countryside, there's not going to be a lot of taxis around. So you do need to reserve in advance and literally call at least a day before. Um, so that's something to keep in mind because there isn't um, an Uber. I mean, I guess there's Uber in Milan, but I have to tell you, I haven't had much luck personally. I don't know, Laura, if you've ever tried to use Uber in Italy, but I haven't had luck. No, I didn't even know it was here. Okay. Huh. <laughs> and there's there's some huh. other apps, um, but I would say the best and the, the most direct way to make a reservation for a taxi, if possible, is to call the local number in advance. And if you want to uh, find a taxi in the main piazza because you can't reserve in advance and you're just tired and walking, go to some of the main sites in the big cities, the Vatican, the Duomo in Florence, and that's where you'll find um, the train, I mean, the, the, the taxi station if you're not by a train station, for example. So um, does that all make sense? It's kind of a little bit all over the place, but taxis are a little bit complicated if you agree, especially being on the Amalfi Coast um, with taxis. Yeah, and, and this is a big one to know because it can also uh, create some stress while you're traveling. And I think it's just a, it's definitely a, the more you know sort of situation <laughs> because taxis can be absolutely convenient at times and, and at other times necessary. But what, the one thing to keep in mind is that taxis on the Amalfi Coast don't work like they do in larger cities, uh, even around Italy. So not just say comparing to, for example, if you're coming from New York City or a larger city, uh, I'm also referring to other cities in, in Italy. So here on the Amalfi Coast, taxis are basically considered uh, a transfer from one place to another. You don't you, So there's a set fee to travel between towns, for example, on the Amalfi Coast, and even between d um, different parts of the same town, for example, from the center of Positano up to the top of town, someplace like Monte Bertuso. There are, there's a set fee. So you don't really go sort of metered by minute or time or distance or something like that. Um, some cities on the Amalfi Coast even have set fares. So, and they can be um, quite a bit higher <laughs> than most people might expect, even to go a short distance. So it's something to, before you hop in the taxi and set off on the Amalfi Coast, ask how much it costs. And if possible, if there's not a set price, uh, agree on a price with the driver before you leave just to avoid any sort of uh, unpleasant surprises. Yeah, that, it's a great thing. Everything about public transportation is planning in advance in Italy. And I, and I hope that's what you got from our our discussion today. It's everything works um, and, and they're available. Things are available and ready for you to use. It's just all about being prepared, knowing these little tips. Um, I really like that last one. Be sure to get the, the price before even leaving. Um, yeah. I think that's... Yeah, I don't know how you say sticker shock in Italian, but that's what <laughs> happens when, for many people when they take take a taxi on the Amalfi Coast. You know, like everything, you know, just really knowing in advance um, and being patient and understanding how it works throughout the whole country will, will make your experience that much better with all public transport. So um, that's our rundown for you. We hope you found it helpful. Uh, and I, I do want to add that we have more insider tips through the Travel Italian Style Planning Services. Um, sorry to plug my own company here, but I do want you to say that this um, this podcast wasn't enough to cover every aspect of traveling uh, throughout Italy. So we, I'm, you know, my team and I, we are happy to go through that with you. Um, I also work with a ton of drivers throughout every region of Italy for private transport and things like that. So. 
Yes, Cassandra is the pro here. And anytime I have a question about about how to get around, she always has the answers. So if <laughs> if any of this sounds daunting, uh, please do check out her, her travel planning services. And if you need more help getting around the Amalfi Coast, there is there's a ton of information in my guidebook, Moon Amalfi Coast with Naples, Capri, and Pompeii. Yeah, and it's again, that's what's great too. You have the guidebook, Laura's guidebook, if you need some quick tips and you think you can get around on your own, but also help it help. Always happy to help guide you um, step by step for anybody that needs it or just doesn't want to think about it. So we hope you found this helpful um, and stay tuned as uh, next episode, we'll get back to the storytelling and also be virtually traveling to a less visited area of Italy. So stay tuned for that. Um, but before we go, we do have one last question from a listener on transport. So naturally, we thought um, this episode was a good time to cover that. So, uh, Laura, I will leave this to you. What is the best way to arrive on the Amalfi Coast? So thanks for your question and uh, take it away, Laura. This is a good one because it impacts the start and the end of your trip. And I, I personally always love to get a trip off to an excellent start. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> and so <laughs> the way you choose to get to the Amalfi Coast really can really can't impact that. So there are many ways uh, to get to the Amalfi Coast, but I'm just going to touch on a couple of my preferred options as a way to, to get you started. So if you're arriving at the Naples airport, my number one recommendation is to hire a private driver to take you to your accommodation. For convenience and comfort, this is truly, without a doubt, 100% I think I've been clear, <laughs> worth this splurge. And also, if you have an early morning departure from the airport, do yourself a favor and book a private car transfer back to the airport. And again, you will, you will thank yourself for that, just in how well your trip starts off and finishes. But however, if that just isn't a possible for your budget, uh, there is a bus service that runs... Uh, from the Naples airport to towns on the Amalfi Coast. It's run by a company called Pintour. And uh, do, do keep in mind with that, though, that it only goes from towns from Via Trisolmare to Amalfi. So if you're going to Positano, that option won't work for you. That's a good tip. But if you're arriving by train, Salerno is the closest station to the Amalfi Coast. And the tourist port is only a few blocks away, so easy to walk from the from the train station. And there's absolutely nothing more scenic than arriving on the Amalfi Coast by boat. This would be my my preferred option. If you're not arriving by 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 plane, I, I would say take the train to Salerno and hop on a ferry. And the ferries depart from Salerno to to multiple towns on the Amalfi Coast. You have Chitara, Maiori, Minori, Amalfi, and Positano. And uh, it's just beautiful because you get the, the, the tour of the coastline by boat as you're arriving, which is the best, the best way to see things. Oh, I love the ferry. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. <laughs> but do keep in mind, though, that ferries only run seasonally between April and October. And also that it's a good idea uh, to have a backup plan because although it doesn't happen often, uh, ferries can be canceled, obviously, if there are rough seas. So we hope you enjoyed this uh, first of our travel tip series uh, for the podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions for a future travel tips um, podcast episode or any episode, please connect with us on social media um, through direct message, or you can email us at rediscoveritalypodcast at gmail.com. So thank you for listening as always. And 
be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play so you won't miss any future episodes. You'll find all the listening options and more on our website, rediscoveritalypodcast.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter and find links to our social media where we hope you'll join us to share even more of the Italy you love. And please do share the podcast with your friends and family who love Italy. And if you have a chance, please do also leave us a review. We love to hear from you. Grazie and a presto. A presto.